You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity? I don't know. Let's talk about it. I'm Nathan, your humble and obedient host, joined by the P who's a T of S, Mr. BJS himself. Here I am. Benjamin Zolzer would yeah. be the letters that follow those initials. Ben, you want to introduce? The letter Benjamin yes. is the best letter of all. The letter Benjamin is a great, the greatest letter of them all. Speaking of great letters, this person uses the letter I when he refers to himself. <laughs> <laughs> but we wow. use the letter U when we di- direct our <laughs> thoughts towards him. And Ben's going to introduce him right now. the letter now. U, not the word U. <laughs> <laughs> well, the letter U is part of the word U. Jake. Uh, I'm sorry. We use I, a homonym for the letter U. Yeah. This is nitpicky day, man. All right, Jake. <laughs> wow. You're the pastor. Special. Who, who's the master special of, intro for a special sanity. episode. Am I so <laughs> excited to be here today? Well, our brains did just sit through President Joe Biden's address to the nation. It is currently you guys third. did. I didn't. Oh, well. <laughs> Are you familiar with what it said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, we're here to give our hot take on the latest thing that happened. It's Thursday, September 9th. President Biden just gave a big speech and... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how how people are going to be listening to this in spaceships a thousand years from now. How can we explain what's going on? President Biden basically just said he has the authority to impose a vaccine mandate, a nationwide vaccine mandate. That's implicitly true. Um, Right. He's not actually saying every person must be vaccinated, but he's effectively shutting down as many avenues of commerce and communication yeah, so and all all in, anyone who isn't yeah so all all employer employers of companies with 100 or more employees have to their employees have to be vaccinated that's mandatory or they have to be tested weekly mm-hmm. uh, which is impractical um in every possible way so just for um clarity's sake here although part of his six-point rollout was we're going to increase testing and make it more affordable and make it be at home et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the fact is that the supply chain for testing is jacked up already, and we're not going to be able, that's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Uh, we've been working on that for over a year now. And the fact remains that my daughter was sent home with a uh, sore throat from school and had to have a negative COVID test in order to be sent back. And I tried to get tested so that I could go about my day and prove that I am not COVID positive, and they wouldn't let me because there is a shortage of and well, we had to wait what twenty four hours for for it wasn't quite twenty four hours, but we had to wait and get her scheduled to get tested, and then the twenty four hour results of the uh, took forty eight hours because of processing time because of backlogging. Mm-hmm. So out of school for two or three days um, for what ostensibly should have been out of school for one day, and this is the way that things are right now. And so what you've got is just this really messed up situation where it's impractical for 80 million people who are the number of people uh, impacted by this decision um, to add weekly tests to the, to the mix. So it's basically a forced vaccination. Now, enforcement of what he's saying 
is as ridiculous as the enforcement of any other OSHA law. Like OSHA can't. I, I worked in commercial construction. Anybody that's worked in construction knows that there's not a single job site that follows OSHA rules. And OSHA basically exists to show up on the job sites that are told to show up on and shut them down for reasons that often have to do with money changing hands. But there's no there's no such thing as an OSHA compliant job site. And this is kind of in the same land. This is a bunch of uh, red tape garbage that will mean that private citizens will be forced to report. And maybe since there's a $14,000 per person per incident infraction rate, you know, maybe people will be subsidized to, to report. But also what's going to happen is by tomorrow morning, there will be a ton of lawsuits. Counter lawsuits, uh, yeah. Brought to bear here to try to deal with the unconstitutionality of this executive order, which it's not constitutional, but also we, if you think we're living in a, under the rule of the constitution, I've got a bridge to sell you. Well, so Joe Biden did say multiple times in this speech phrases to the effect of, I have the authority to do it. So. Yeah, and if your governor's in the way, well, get him out of the way. I oh, use man, all yeah. of my authority to get the governor out of the way. So, like, well, there's several things I, I say. don't. He basically just stood up there and said, "I have no care or respect mm-hmm. for the rule of law or any kind of local jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the states or anything like that in this matter." So, and I, I want to speak the pandemic of the unvaccinated, and he's just <laughs> going to step in and handle it. Yep, protect all those vaccinated people. From yeah, that what? was exactly. He said that a lot of times. <laughs> protect the vaccinated. We got to protect the vaccinated. That's like George Orwell stuff, right there, folks. I know I'm 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 the first podcaster to say this is George Orwell stuff, but boy, boy howdy. So I had to get a COVID to to speak to something you said a couple minutes ago, Jake. I had to get a COVID test not too terribly long ago to do some traveling, and I went through CVS and the lady was like, here's your kit. And she handed me the kit. And then she looked at her nails. Nobody was watching. I could have like, if Ben had been there with me, I could have put it up his nose. I could have not put it up my nose. I could have spit on it. I could have done anything that I wanted, which in some ways, perhaps wrongfully made me happy because I was like, well, it's theater, and I'm glad that the CVS employee isn't treating it any more seriously than the fact that it's theater. But in other ways, but it, it made is me, theater. Yeah, in another sense, it made me really as angry as I've been. We're doing all this, and it's completely pro forma. I, I have to do this in order to be on an airplane and all this stuff, and, and it doesn't even matter. I, I could literally game the system any which way to Sunday if I wanted to because nobody actually cares and it's all pro forma and it's all red tape, but you're still yep. going to make me go through the red tape. I don't yep. know when I've felt more personally insulted and just impotent. Oh, well, okay. Here's a bunch of red tape I have to go through and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Yep. <sighs> yeah. And that's the testimony of lots of people who have gone through that exact same process. And it's about punishing non-compliance, right? Mm-hmm. Enforcing compliance. And the more baby steps you get, you get forced down the line here, um, the more you'll be willing to accept. And Australia's proof of it. And I I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to be in the camp that says that um, there's not a time and place 
to mandate vaccines. At the same time, there's a time and place, I think, for mandatory vaccines, except that if the pandemic had a kill rate like smallpox or polio, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be needing to go to these measures to force people to be vaccinated. No. No. If, if, if COVID had a 30% kill rate, guess who would be vaccinated? Every okay. sane person. Right. And guess who would be applying pressure? Every sane dad, every sane pastor, every sane... I mean, That's right. It would be my kid. I'd be screaming for the vaccines to be made available to my kids. 30% right. kill rate? All right. Forget me. Give it to my kids. It's experimental. We don't know. Okay, but there's a one in three chance of them dying if they contract this highly contagious virus. I'll roll the dice and take my uh, chances with the long-term risk. Right. The, the One in three chance of, I've got seven kids. No, I'm not willing to give up two of them. Right. So anyhow, that's where it is. There'll be legal action coming in the almost immediately. Governors will try to step in. Uh, employers will try to step conservative employers will try to step in and then we'll see what happens if the government's able to tank those conservative companies conservative media outlets mm-hmm. certainly in something where that's so broad sweeping where enforcement is impossible that means selective enforcement will be applied and that means political adversaries or enemies this is what red tape does mm-hmm. red tape extensive red tape enables the state to enforce where it's convenient or pragmatic or expedient, which is what you can read about if you read Persecution in the Early Church by Herbert Workman. Or a book about uh, Mao's China or Stalin's Anything Russia, like that. Or... Exactly right. Exactly right. That Like that. Totalitarian regime, regimes create a bunch of red tape that allow them to selectively enforce anything they want, whenever they want, however they want to. And so when it's politically expedient, they enforce it to remove their enemies. And when it's not, they let it slide. Or when there's enough money greasing palms. Well, like you were describing with OSHA regulations, I've had to work under OSHA regulations as a janitor before for Big Ten University. And it's almost hard because of the way that the bureaucracy is gamed. It's actually hard not to selectively employ it against your enemies because right. you can't you can't apply it across the board it's impossible everyone stands condemned <laughs> under this That's particular right. law and so you have to pick and choose and what metric i mean what fair metric can you use you can't to pick and choose you can't you it's will just always be like, just slide in the direction of your preferences yeah i don't like that right? guy and so he didn't put a a carpet over a, a cord and people could you know as a trip hazard so He's gone. Yep. And then the guy the guy that we do like for whatever reason lasts forever and he he's violating just as many things. It's yeah. it's just it's just so typical of these kinds of these yep. kinds of things. Go ahead. Oh no. I mean, I think I'm just trying to accurately summarize it here. Yeah, I, I would say I don't have any particular take as to the politics of it. What is striking to me is to have this man get on and scold me and not reach across the aisle, not try and start with why I might be afraid or people like me might be afraid of the vaccine, not try and start with any of the, yeah, any common ground. (laughs) Well, trademark whisper there for Joe. Yeah, Yeah, but well, his whole rhythm is so boring. 
Well, he's, he's, he's justifying the use of increased violence towards you in people's minds. Well, his speech starts with that you're in the minority, which isn't true. And we're angry at you. And we're angry at you. And, and everyone else is angry at and, you. And, and quote, our patience is wearing thin, unquote. Yeah. And here's the thing. A lot of people watching this sort of thing and who who may or may not be vaccinated for whatever reasons are are going to put their foot down now and just say, all right, well, whatever whatever it was, I sent you guys a uh, a video mm-hmm. uh, before you start, And it's not safe for uh, podcasts. <laughs> There's a big crowd yelling obs- it's obscenities. Te- te- yeah, it's Texas A&M uh, football mm-hmm. on Saturday. 70,000 people gathered in a stadium, all chanting F Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And they did it four separate times in the course of that game. Spontaneously. Yeah. All gathered, not wearing masks, in a stadium, watching college football, students and alumni, college students mm-hmm. and alumni, just chanting F Joe Biden. And that's that's the level that this has been raised to. It's just like... Well, I like to think of myself as a patient and pragmatic man. I'm not, but I like to think of myself that way. Yeah. And so when you have a Dr. Fauci and his job is to care about just the virus... I'm willing to go along with that a long way. I'm not willing to have Dr. Fauci dictate everything about my life, but the fact that we're going to have this personality on TV over and over and over and over and over again telling us to mask up, I'm just like, well, that's the one thing that he's paid to care about is fine, whatever. I don't see malice in that. Now, I understand a lot of our listeners do and will tell me I'm crazy and all that sort of thing. That's fine. That's not my point. My my point is, as someone who tends to be more lenient, and more irritated with conservatives who are trying to make their mark by just saying what the chant was (laughs) that you just said. But then the leader of the free world gets on television and tells me I'm stupid and tells me he's out of patience with me. And in in so doing, empowers all the petty people across Mm -hmm. the land who are impatient with me and who are angry with me, gives them a stick to hit me with. It's just really hard not to take that personally. Yep. I don't know who these people think middle America is, Mm -hmm. but it ain't Australia. That's for sure. No, but they want to, they want to coerce us into being Australia. When you get done with a speech like that, what hasn't happened is Joe Biden has at no time, no matter how much time, many times he says, get vaccinated. He has not reached across the aisle and said, here's why I need you to comply, Nathan. Here's how you can help the nation. Here's how we can all come together. At no point has he said that. What he said is, you need to shut up and you need to get in line because we're coming for you. Yep. And honestly, what reason, what motivation do you have to comply? Well, you're putting the vaccinated at risk. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should put the vaccinated in camps. To protect all us unvaccinated people or to protect them from us. The way vaccines work is the unvaccinated put themselves at risk. So. But we're hearing these phrases like, you get on a plane and you're unvaccinated, you're threatening all the vaccinated people. I I quite literally heard a pundit say those literal words in that literal order. That's basically what Biden just said. I mean, and Biden said several phrases that were like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And. It's just mind-bogglingly Orwellian. You're threatening the protected. Yep. Okay. What's the what's what are media scientists in the media saying though? 
Because aren't they, isn't, isn't, isn't the story, there's a Delta variant and there's other variants and they're going to spread among the unvaccinated and get stronger or something and then the vaccinated will be at risk again? And you're allowing it, it to there's happen all kinds because of, you're not... There's all kinds of people saying all kinds of things. There are breakthrough cases mm-hmm. with, the un, with the vaccine that are forcing variant mutations as well. It, there's all kinds of things being said mm-hmm. about who's being affected and who's not being affected. And Israel, the most vaccine compliant country in the world is having a huge spike right now and they're they have 95 or something percent compliance hmm. like 95 plus percent vaccinated mm-hmm. and sweden boosters is still? shut huh boosters i'm sorry i'm just kidding keep keep going i asked boosters 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 <laughs> are they all I getting all their booster what shots point you're trying to make well the point would be that if you're not getting booster shots regularly. Yeah, no, the, Israel's yeah. vaccination cards expire every six months, and you have to have all the latest boosters. Every six And they're still months. 95% plus compliant. And Sweden has shut doors to them coming in. You can't fly to into, come into Sweden if you're from Israel. Pretty wild. The science is all over the place. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert in epidemiology. I'm not a statistician, but I can still tell you that if I, in my own anecdotal personal experience, if the news didn't tell me this was a big deal, I wouldn't know it was a big deal. Same. I guess I have a few friends of a friend. Family members of friends have died. Maybe I could think of one or two, but I I don't know anyone personally who's died or even died. And those numbers wouldn't be different in previous years for- For flu. uh, For the flu. Yeah. Right. So- we are still talking, per the CDC, 99% plus survival rate for all, including variants. So, Well, we just wanted to talk about it. I don't know that we have a considered sound of sanity take on all of this exactly, but I think it's worth just documenting the way that we feel. The thing, if, if, if this is a show about what makes us feel insane, what makes me feel insane is that I am well aware of my own capacity to get used to living in Australia, actually. We do very quickly forget, and we all think that we won't forget, but look we at- We forget so quickly. Look at the piece we've made with Roe versus Wade now for 40 I, years I or, or, say, or whatever it is. 50. Yeah. Uh, 50. Every time they take one of these freedoms away, it takes a couple weeks, and then you're like, oh, well, that's the world we live in. I mean, remember how- scared we all felt when joe biden was elected remember how that was a big deal and it's still a big deal but it's also like oh well that's the world we live in Mm -hmm. these are the freedoms that we give up this is the economy remember when he pumped a couple billion dollars of debt and that was a big deal and then a couple days later the news cycle moved on to the next thing you do just get you we are all lobsters in a lobster pot and as the water slowly gets turned up you don't notice it. And so you do have to kind of document it for yourself. You do have to remember what it was like before and after and how it changed because you you actually can just slide into slide into tyranny without without even thinking about it. So I don't know any uh, other deep thoughts about this press conference, guys. We can't be so general in our response to this specific government takeover of our lives to the COVID-19 stuff that we end up denying bigger, more general, broad principles about the role the government rightly has been given by God. 
to care for its citizens. But man, this is something right here. One way that I feel personally is that I want to let my indignation at, you know, the sense of, well, I'm being lied to and oppressed, maybe in some really petty ways, but still very, like Nathan said, personal ways. (laughs) Take me back to the indignation, indignation I ought to feel at abortion. I ought to feel the big things that I forgot about. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how it didn't mean anything much to me. Of course, it meant things to me. I'm exaggerating. But when I had to sit for a half an hour in the CVS line and then get a stupid, pointless piece of theater test while the lady did her nails, I was very angry. (laughs) I went home and I took it out on my wife. This is unfair. I am being inconvenienced. And that is, I, I wasn't wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wasn't wrong about the facts of the case. It was stupid Mm -hmm. what I was subjected to. But also, come on, Nathan, have a little humility, have a little deference and see the big picture. Yeah, and it is hard. Roe was 10, 15 years before I was born. Yeah, we all grew up with it. Yeah. We've Um, never known anything different. And and there is just the truth. You know, Mel Brooks said, I stub my toe. It's tragedy. A thousand people get hit by an av- avalanche. It's comedy. It is just true. That's the way our brains work. Yeah. We are yeah, but it is narcissists, every one of us. Yeah. But that is that is the thing that we should be taking home. And that, that shouldn't beat us into compliance necessarily, but it should wake our consciences. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. I'm willing to get riled up about these infringements on my personal liberty, but I couldn't have been moved two weeks ago, two years ago for the cause of children being slaughtered down mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and you think about that and it's a natural progression to do I care about my neighbor's soul? Do right. I care about sharing the gospel with anyone? Yeah, but it's also easy to get so hamstrung by guilt over all the big things. You can be easily become the college student who thinks there's nothing worth living for except to go onto the mission field. Right. Right. And so we have to be able to uh, look at our sins of commission and our sins of omission with balance and with faith and proportionately. And then do something. Yeah, and then act. And act with humility. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's the thing that's been so noticeably lacking in the conservative Christian response to all of this. And just as we express our indignation, I do not see the kind of proud posturing on the Apostle Paul's part in Romans as he talks about the government, or or Daniel under Nebuchadnezzar, I just, I don't see those guys having the pride that people have as they stick it to the man and say, Joe Biden's coming for our freedom and all that. So let's be angry. Let's be righteously angry. Let's do what we need to. Let's disobey where we need to, but let's do it with a little humility. Yep. All right, folks. Well, those are just some... It's just kind of where we're at, what we're thinking. Not not any particularly developed takes here, but we literally just got done watching Joe Biden's speech. And so I hope that's helpful to you. Maybe we'll be back with a more considered take later. But until, until next time. Get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> no, stay sane. <laughs>